Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world! Welcome to the new you and the new universe. Says... Plural, that is. We're going to be discussing all types of uni, multi, meta, xeno, alpha, omega, psychic, UAP group, and welcome anyone that feels like they are an alienologist or ufologist or just interested in groundbreaking changes that are possibly inner consciousness or parts of you that maybe seeing things outside of you, and we call these UAPs, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. And we welcome everyone, uh, you know, whether you have the chemicals uh, firing off in your head to join us, or consciousness, or your modern incarnation of one's uh, carbon-based unit, as we refer to you as a biological entity. But we're going to discuss how we are all part of the new 2021 on planet Earth and the various ways that we can respond to each other in these uh, modern days. And I can hear Richard uh, T. Knight, who is my co-host for tonight, and I see uh, some people are tuning in, so thank you for that. Uh, We'll be Asking you to call in if you have a question or want to participate, 347-945-7207. We are creating the ACO UFO Club for those of you that want to know us. We are those that have had experiences in life, uh, in body, out of body, uh, scientifically speaking, more of a neuroscience consciousness where some call it phenomenology or in Maslow's theory, it would be peak existence, I guess, or peak experiences and doing our best to help everyone in this conscious house of uh, reality in this 3D dimension. So this is the study of consciousness scientifically with UFOs and that alien civilizations exist. So what I put up was so, you saw UFO, you believe alien civilizations exist. Now what? Well... The UFO Association of various club members, us, those weans of alienologists and ufologists who want to join our ACL UFO club will join us and everyone to begin a new life after the year 2020 on the planet Earth. So we're recreating this, and I said re because we've done this before many times over, but now these may or may not be your perception or your understanding of who you are, and that's okay because we're all about self-actualization and what is truth for you. But we're going to live on Earth now and affect each other, and we know that, so we're uh, looking for people of similar interest and future and how we get plugged in a neural network that's already been developed by those who have to be able to want to learn more and do more and experience more. And self-actualization, also, when you are really well uh, endowed with uh, your higher wisdom in your chromatic uh, system, 
and your grade grades in communities, you become attached to others on this reality. And some of these call these gated communities and gated empires. So there is a new way to live in smart homes, smart communities, gated communities. And we've had these forever in ancient days, the great empires, and we used to call these gated empires heavens. And as far as I know, many people still do, but that's the, the trick of what comes out of our mouths now is what we form as sounds and symbols and radio airwaves. So we're going to talk about artificial intelligence today with unidentified anomalous phenomena and about UFOs of our ancient history and our new age history and the history of today we call the ascension age awakening okay so ready knowledge we're able to remain sane while in the mundane and yet have the ability to time travel as multi-dimensionals which is a little on the edge but we're going to discuss levels and groups that exist in space and what we call ufo secret space societies that i've begun on earth and uh help those to speak out more about who they are as a self-actualized carbon-based unit. And we may even find ways to accept others that are not carbon-based, but we're going to get into those groups and various planets in the galaxy and what other galaxies and dimensions and universes have. So uh, we're going to talk about how we're, the expanse is expanding, all right, how our spiritual science and science fiction authors join us to become more and better explorers and co-creators of the new space and global narrative, which we create. So, uh, people, this is all about us, American Communications Online, people of the Ascension Age, radio series. We're writing books about this and the new entrepreneurial stars. And one of them is here with me now, Richard Thomas Knight. So, Richard, would you like to tell people a little bit about you in the 3D world? Sure. Um, Thank you, all our wonderful audience out there for listening and tuning in. We appreciate you. Um, I came in fully awakened, which means that I had no separation from God or source. So I knew exactly who I was and exactly where I came from. Uh, I had the ability to speak directly after coming out of the room, which was exceptionally weird because the doctor didn't know how to handle it. Um, But anyway, uh, I've had a life full of Uh, paranormal, supernatural, um, and all kinds of other incidents simply because I was born with 14 senses instead of five. So if you add five to all of the regular senses, that gives you 10. And then, of course, I could also levitate. I could control things with my mind. I could read thoughts. And I could also create fire in the palm of my hands. So when you're being raised in a Catholic boarding school, of course, they think you're the son of the devil because they don't know how to handle such a person. So anyway, I've gone through a lot of um, interesting experiences. Um, Some of them basically became measured, you could say, by uh, alien intelligence. At the age of five, I was abducted, and a tracking device was put in my nasal passage. And from that point on, basically what the whole process was, they wanted to measure the amount of rejection that I received from other human beings, which seemed kind of odd. They were supposed to pull the device out at the age of 17. However, I got sucker punched after leaving a party, and it broke my nose, and so they just left me alone. 
to heal on my own, and basically I had the device removed at the age of 35. And then in turn, the men in black came and got what the metal sphere that was taken out of my nasal passage and disappeared with it. So um, I've had several ET encounters, including groups, and I've had sightings, and I've had a what you would call an encounter of the third kind were being controlled by one of their ships that was approximately, oh, roughly a 1,000 feet in the air, just above the tree line, and that was in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Santa Cruz Mountains, ages and ages ago now, because I was, I was only about 18 at the time. And I've had other encounters where I was asked to, asked to be a spokesperson for a group that had formed, and unfortunately, uh, even though there were two aliens that actually created the group, and they showed themselves and their abilities in New York in front of live press conference and so forth, where they could walk with walk through walls, and they could actually disappear and reappear as they so chose. And then, of course, uh, basically they went back to the ship, and they left the ground crew to create uh, more or less a, a substantive area in the in the woods, in the mountains, and uh, it was believed that eventually sometime they might actually land their craft there. But uh, they had all kinds of tapes and videos, and this was, again, back in the 80s. So, I mean, you know, um, different things occurred, and uh, eventually, unfortunately, it resulted in somewhat of a scam that was produced because there were a couple of other controlling and dominating individuals that wanted everybody to come and, and basically donate all that they had. And uh, fortunately, that was corrected. Then there was another incident where basically you could tell for an absolute certainty that someone was being controlled, both physically and mentally, by an outside source. And the outside source, when this individual gave a presentation in a theater um, setting, Basically, he, he, he was saying that, you know, he was introducing another race of beings um, bound that actually were part of our gal- galactic group and that, uh, you know, he was there to represent them and answer questions and so forth. And this went on for a couple hours. And then after the, the presentation was over, he was kind of like a, a robot, somewhat of a droid, because his, you could look into his eyes and you could tell that there were, he wasn't physically conscious of what he was doing. And that was a very interesting experience as well. So I have believed in ufology and UFOs and alien intelligence and alien life forms for pretty much all of my life. Um, I haven't had as many encounters as some are out there, of course, because they study them in great depth and they follow all of the different uh, things beginning back in Roswell and everything forward. So you're talking from the 40s to now. So at least 80 years worth of study and so forth. And uh, there's a great many groups, and we welcome you all to join our forum because we would love to hear your experiences and love to hear what kind of uh, information you've garnered or experiences that you've had or, you know, visitations maybe that you've had. Uh, I, I do know that there was an entire town. I don't remember the exact name of the town now because actually a book was written about it, and in turn it was turned into a movie. And it was mighty coincidental that the movie, when released, was only allowed to be shown for 10 days. Um, And basically, uh, that was because part of it was considered to be classical, because it was a rather traumatic event that happened in this town, where basically uh, the the whole of the town, which roughly was, I think, about 200 people, were actually 
hypnotized by aliens and taken upon craft, and they had all kinds of conversations and so forth. And I'm not sure exactly what the details were as to any given um, participation, per se, but there were two doctors, a male and a female, um, man and wife, actually. Uh, both One was a psychiatrist, and the other one was a um, psychologist, and they undertook the study of this town, and they hypnotized these individuals, and these individuals under hypnosis would actually report to them on record exactly what they had experienced and so forth. And unfortunately, um, it resulted in a mass suicide. Um, it was like when these people became aware of what all had happened to them or what had, they had experienced, a great many of them actually committed suicide. And that was really a shame. But again, it goes to show that, you know, as a human being, we're not um, perceptively open as far as we should be in this particular instance. So, you know, naturally when you're, introduced to alien life forms, uh, then in turn, you know, you, you're going to react to them either positively, treating them with love and, and acceptance, and then other times you may react with fear. And, of course, in this particular instance, a lot of people react with fear. And um, so that was an interesting um, event that occurred. And like I said, the, the movie was only allowed to be displayed um, in the public, in theaters, and then it was pulled from the theaters, and it was later broadcast on television, and even the broadcast on television was monitored greatly, and it was only allowed to be broadcast for, I think, about 48 hours. So, who's to say? Did the men in black control the audience? Did the men in black control, you know, what what happened to the movie? Did the men in black control what all went on? Most likely so. And, of course, the men in black are a great conversation piece, simply because you have two different species of men in black. One is basically covert government agents that want to secretize all, all persons' events or experiences with ETs, basically kind of uh, erase their memory or at least control their memory to the extent that they're no longer in a position to share their experiences. And then, of course, you have the other men in black, which are actually ETs themselves, and they have interacted with humankind for I don't know how many thousands of years possibly um, but they basically interact in a very positive way and they have been known to heal remarkably um, human beings in conditions where they have broken necks all of a sudden they no longer have broken necks or they're paralyzed or things of this nature and, and the paralysis is removed so um, it's kind of interesting because you, you know you have two sets of different men in black and one's very positive and the other is also positive of course because Naturally, our government always tries to look out for the security of the government as well as the security of the people. Then, of course, you bring in NASA. Now, NASA, of course, has thousands of recordings of various jets and other space vehicles that have actually encountered unidentified flying objects and even chased after them. And basically, those recordings uh, are just now, a great deal of them are finally coming to life because they were secured under the Secrecy Act and under the Secrecy Act, it cannot be displayed or, or the knowledge released until after 50 years of that um, act actually being put in place and then expiring. So that's my take on ufology and aliens and all this. Um, of course, we're coming. It's prophesied and it's been channeled uh, by the Galactic Federation of Light and a number of other channelers uh, throughout uh, our world. 
They interact, of course, on Facebook and other media formats. And we are inevitably going towards what would be classed as first contact. Allegedly, there are about 50,000 ships in our uppermost stratosphere, and they have cloaking devices so that they cannot be detected. And eventually, this armada is going to allow itself to be fully shown. And, of course, uh, those of us that are awakened and uh, on the ascension path that would accept all such beings. Um, however, you know, the, the mass consciousness may or may not accept it. And I think it's very important that uh, we have groups that not only do exploration and investigate such sightings and so forth and, and make uh, records thereof, but also from the aspect being that, you know, the larger the consensus becomes that we would greet uh, extraterrestrials as a friendly basis instead of outright trying to fight them with nuclear weapons or whatever our arsenal may hold in it, um, it would be far easier, you know, to create a situation where ETs are welcomed so that they in turn can share their information. Now, this is something, too, that has been going on also for a while. Um, and again, this is various Air Force bases such as Area 51 and a number of others, some of which are underground, some of which are atop, on top of the ground. And again, you know, aliens have been visiting our uh, military for quite some time, and they've been assisting us in uh, using their technology or blending their technology into ours. So again, you know, um, this has been going on covertly with our government for quite some time. And of course, it too is getting to the end of the declassification period because the Privacy Act is finally ending in, in that regards as well. So there is a tremendous amount of information out there that can be resourced and investigated um, on the net and, you know, under the Re uh, Release of Information Act and all of these kind of things. Uh, there are all kinds of NASA documents and videos. There's all kinds of videos and, and releases that are coming forth from the government in regards to our military. And, of course, some of it, again, is remaining classified simply because uh, a lot of information by our military and our government is on a need-to-know basis, and that is, of course, the limitation, limitation. And, of course, you have to have very high clearance uh, on a government scheme in order to do these videos or be in touch with this knowledge. So, TJ, back to you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, let me see if this is Marcy or not on uh, the ones. I can't see who it is, like Skype. Hi, I've turned you on. Can you hear me? Your voice? Is this? Did you call in to be a part of the show or just listening? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Perhaps they're just listening, I guess. I guess so. So that's fine, folks. Uh, all right. So we've decided to expand what we've been doing in the past. And there's a method to the madness because in my 3D form, I have died and been on the other side. But some people don't want to deal with that. And we have found out that through the course of living on the planet since I've been alive, December 26, 1951, that's a very memorious, memorial uh, momentous, <laughs> all the M's, I guess, in Morris, <laughs> Morris Day, uh, 1226, uh, that's also the day that Rendlesham Forest 
has uh, come to light and other things such as on December 26 we had the big tsunami in 2004 I believe so I've noticed a lot of weird things happen on my birthday but uh, we're going to learn a lot about what's going on in the universe and as all those that have been on the planet before we use Atun or the sun uh, atom type energy uh, with mother goddess the moon where we reflect on the moon and we've had the moon it's one of the seven levels of and we have all the things that make up uh, reality in verbose languages that we didn't have in the beginning because we started with nothing and symbols so it's going to be fun to go back and study ancient wisdom and new thought teachings and at the same time ancient aliens and all that we've seen before with Eric Von Doniken and then Zachariah Sitchin but also many people that have been working inside the government and written books as well and uh I have been fortunate enough to have uh, spoken many times with Stanton T. Friedman, who was a physicist, and he uh, worked for several companies, and he was uh, bringing forth aliens are real. And uh, so there's different people that have passed on, including J. Allen Hynek, who I also had the pleasure to meet in space or in a jet. And uh, he asked me to continue his work, which I didn't understand what he was asking me at the time, because at that time, I was only like 33 or 4, and uh, I think it was 2004 or 5, and he passed on right after meeting me within 11 months or so. But I was supposed to meet his secretary to get hold of Center for UFO Studies, uh, TUFOs. And uh, I guess you could say that we're picking it up now uh, to help others with uh, different groups, including the Center for UFO Studies and MUFON, which is a Mutual UFO Network, which I'm a part of as well. So there's various companies that have uh, organizations. Now, I'm going to talk about Center for the UFO Studies because I, J. Allen Hynek started it, and uh, you can look it up in encyclopedia.com. Uh, let's see. It was founded in 1973, and let me – he passed. Let me see. Does it say when he was the founder? It's cufos.org, and there's a gentleman still running it. Uh, now, the Center for UFO Studies – is an international group of scientists, academics, investigators, and volunteers dedicated to the continuing examination and analysis of the UFO phenomenon. Our purpose is to promote serious scientific interest in UFOs and their study and to serve as an archive for reports, documents, and publications about the UFO phenomenon. We provide an extensive set of resources on the site that they have as a domain as cufos.org if you're interested you can look on how to become involved we don't have members but you can become involved in our work so we encourage you to become involved and include archival work and so basically they're working with the ufo cat database and jan aldrich has been on here many times to discuss the history that he has had in his reality and so the the topics that uh, are most uh, inclined to be accepted are clippings of newspapers or physical 
manifestations and they have uh, book reviews and recommended books and let me look under their UFO researchers uh, there's quite the name uh, Jan Aldrich is on top uh, I just mentioned Bella Starr, Clark, Bullard Carpenter, Dean Eberhardt, Vaint, Fowler Greenwood which is Barry Greenwood which has been on this radio show Gross which is Lauren Gross uh, Haynes, Hall, Hayden, Hendry, Kaiser, Ledger. They don't have that many. Dr. Bruce McAbee, who started our alien contact organization with me, ACO here. And uh, Murphy, which is Bill Murphy. And Robert Powell. Uh, Printy, Kevin D. Randall, very well-known name. And he was gotten so well-known for a while back that uh, he was really, really busy. He's former military, so look up Kevin Randall. Uh, Randall's Reed Ridge Rota Gear Mark or higher Schlusler. That's hard to say. S C H U E S S L E R. Why well, I know that name, John Schlusler. Slow or Slough, Swords Tulin and Jacques Bali, posthumously, of course. But, uh, you know, that is just the ones that are listed in CUFOs. So with our UFO Association, what I'm going to do, because this was started in Chicago, and that's where I was flying in and out of when I met J. Allen Hynek between the Air Denver and Edwards Air Force Base. I was not wearing my uniform, my Navy uniform, but he was uh, working with the Air Force at the time and was with another gentleman or maybe even two gentlemen but that story i had no idea it was going to change my life but it did now uh i after that was flown to washington to have a polygraph a retina scan fingertips you know the but i already had from the time i was a young child my blueprint my fingerprints on uh file so uh I would like to discuss today uh, the reality that we have expanded who we are by creating new space with the cyberspace culture, and it's not just for the governments or for educational institutions that we've used it for, but the communications to all beings, not just on this planet, because we use radio waves, and a group I worked with and especially in 1985 when we were doing Star Wars with President Reagan, I worked with my husband, Thomas Ray Morris, and I'd like to help keep his name alive for the UFO Association because he and Stan got along really well. And uh, he was able to tell Stan a lot of information, and Stanton T. Friedman kept it to himself including the part of our positions with Majestic 12, which a lot of people didn't even know that, that it, they were to believe in that or that it was a thing or that it was a clearance level. So there's a lot of history that's going to be coming out in this reality that some people have not been privy to. And there's been a reason for that, and we understand about uh, being inside the government and how we were brought in. Uh, Tom was born... May 16th, 1959, and had uh, 26 schools, which is outrageous. They don't do that anymore. But uh, he was in the Army, and uh, President Reagan wanted to know who took all the pins out of the weapons when uh, <laughs> we were exchanging when uh, President Carter was coming uh, 
going out of office. Can't you hear me? No, I lost you for a half a second. Oh, okay. Well, I'm still speaking on the same little phone. So Tom got lost in the fact that he uh, was taken to uh, Washington, D.C. and uh, met President Reagan. Now, he met President Reagan because he took the pence out of the weapons that were in exchange for the people because Reagan wanted to meet him. Now, they became great friends instead of him going to Leavenworth, which he thought, but uh, he became one of the Secret Service agents. They called him Agent Morris, and he did quite a great lot of things, and so he was able to become what uh, they chose him after a couple of incidents with some Russian gentlemen over in the European theater uh, happened that I know about. But uh, Reagan wanted him to find out about the UFOs, so it's how he got attached. And me, we both got attached uh, during the same, uh, for the same, finding out what was out there and what wasn't as far as classified information. Can you, are you following me, Rich? Did I lose yeah. you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm listening astutely. All right. Well, you've got a little bit of an edge because you saw that letter that – uh, his sister sent me in order to start the book for us and Men in Black are the Central Intelligence Agency that came to visit him. And we don't have uh, anything that anybody should be worried about because it's hearsay evidence. And this is what I want to talk about about our UAP group, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, is we're building a group of people that we can know and trust that has moral and integrity, but, you know, that understand we're using our whole brain logic and reasoning, and we're not just doing the stories of self-testimony. Uh, uh, we're going to share some stories of people that are, in my mind, bona fide. But if you are bona fide, a human being that has had something in your life with a tail our story that you can't really understand. Uh, we welcome you as well into our unidentified anomalous phenomena. And mostly what I could understand from speaking uh, and, and having been visited myself, part of the reason I believe I was taken into this deep secret government uh, existence because uh, I have reason to believe this, being that I had to go through polygraphs and you know, all these things that you do inside the government to get these deep level security clearances and to work in the intelligence community was a man took me out at one of the airports and uh, it was a military base and gave me my clearance level at the time, which was already Q. So that's a lot of where that QAnon comes from about people. And we have that clearance level for Q, which basically was uh, – at a nuclear level, and I, we could, I could do a whole show just on clearances and levels. But also, the Majestic had above top secret, and the Majestic 12 was, uh, as far as I know, was set up before I even got on the planet. So uh, I just became a part of that, and my name, code name was Magic, and it was M-A-J-I-C. So... Uh, from what I can remember about the Bob Lazar story, which my story will cross over with and my husband's, was Bob Lazar was there during the time that we were, and he did have uh, a magic or majestic 
clearance. And uh, I don't know how many other people will try to dis, uh, defame what I'm saying, but apparently in this business in the past, if you had anything to do with anything doing with a UFO or EBE, extra biological entity, uh, such as Dr. Richard Allen Miller, who I'm also working with, he was a GS-18 and in naval intelligence as well, but uh, there are people that have actually done work that I believe it's been over 50 years and they're going to let most of it be uh, allowed into the reality base that we're going to write books about. Now, one of the gentlemen that I found to be relatively uh, smart about he wrote a book was now, the name slipped me. Great. There's several I did have, but I've lost my uh, library or left it behind in Kentucky. I'm now down in the uh, panhandle of Gulf Breeze, Florida, and uh, near Pensacola Base, and between the Fort Walton and, and you know all of those over there uh, here in the panhandle. But uh, I'd like Richard, if uh, Richard, I've got some yeah. stories to tell that I would like to separate them between the study of alienology, which are the aliens that fly the machines that some think are artificial and others believe are biological. In other words, they are they can move around and become uh, like plasma beings. And now there's levels that we're going to discuss, folks, that may or may not have been talked about before, but. Uh, I don't know how much Richard knows, and he doesn't know how much I know, but Richard has been privileged to start uh, the story that uh, with me on the Men in Black, so we're going to move forward on the Men in Black uh, together for people that we can talk about. And so there's going to be different topics in our UAP. It's a psychic group, folks, those that worked maybe on Project Stargate, are had uh, you now know the difference between remote viewing and your sixth sense and using uh, the ethers or your higher consciousness where you're got conscious, subconscious, and superconscious. So there's all these uh, parts now of this group that I'm creating with Richard, and he and I will be the directors, the general directors. Now, Jan Aldrich heads up the part of the UFO Association that he says, you know, he's had cancer of the throat and he is doing his best to spend as much time as he can taking all the Center of UFO Studies uh, files that people have kept for years and years and uh, actually scanning them and properly as this Barry Green. So they're doing their part to help Center of UFO Studies with scanning and microfilm. They are protecting those pieces of paper through the years that have just, you know, some may be crumbly, some may not, they not know where they come from, but they're doing the best they can. And a mutual UFO network, Richard, you've not been in mutual our center for UFO studies. That doesn't mean anything except you just weren't in them. Right. But you've, have you heard of MUFON? Yes, I have had contact with MUFON. Uh, a number yeah. of their leadership personalities as far as the state directors and persons of that nature. And, yes, I have been invited to conferences and so forth. Unfortunately, okay, the timing was okay. bad, so, you know, wasn't able to attend. But, yes, I am yeah. very, very much familiar with their organization. 
Me too. And I wasn't allowed to attend either. Uh, I remember some ladies that, uh, a lady that was uh, John Gray's mother that lived in in Houston, and my mother worked at Rice University, but uh, she was going to school there. But across the way was the Aquarian Age bookstore, and uh, the lady took me to the first mutual UFO network meeting I was to attend at NASA after knowing Jernot's in NASA and my husband worked at NASA but after I'd come back into town from being in New York they wanted me to drive them out I drove them out to uh, Clear Lake and then they said the meeting a man came to the door because the door was locked on the side and said after we drove all the way out there they weren't having the meeting I asked them are you sure but they'd been it's always been and then all of a sudden it wasn't the day they were taking me to it. So that was pretty strange. But let me, uh, some of the books and publications I'd like to uh, share with you is uh, books that Mutual UFO Network, I've written several myself, but uh, there's several books if you'd like to look at on MUFON, and I'm going to give you MUFON's uh, website, I believe. It's it's um, MUFON, but it's Mutual UFO Network, folks. And I'm looking at theirs, and it says MUFON Z2 Systems. Let me go back to home. Let's see. So MUFON.com. So we've mentioned KUFOs, Richard, and MUFON. So those are the two major ones, less in the United States of America. And, of course, we're speaking English, the business language. And uh, hopefully you will look at those two or the majors. And there's uh, – we have – a gentleman by the name of George Filer that's a friend of mine, I would think, but at least in this reality, he at one time talked to me extensively for many times, but that was way back, and for most people, you don't remember it like yesterday, but I have a funny mind, and George A. Filer had uh, Filer's Files, Worldwide Reports of UFO Sightings, so uh, he has worldwide reports, and so he was always one of the gentlemen. He was in the Air Force, and he, along with Stanton Friedman, were two people we could count on back in the day, 2004, 5, 6, with Mutual UFO Network. Now, MUFON says it was established under MUFON. They've got daily alien news and encounters. But, Richard, I would like us to have one beginning 2021 because I told people we're starting all over again. So they have the TikTok, which ticking for Pentagon disclosure. We have Welcome to MUFON. It's an all-volunteer 9501c3 charitable corporation and the world's oldest and largest civilian UFO investigation and research organization. Now, I'm going to cite this goal because uh, people need to know why and what's going on. But our goal is to be the inquisitive mind's refuge seeking answers so that oh to that most ancient question are we alone in the universe the answer very simply is no whether you have ufo reports to share armchair ufo investigator aspirations i want to train and join our investigation teams mufon is here for you won't you please join us in our quest to discover the truth, and I give them a monthly amount so I can get their little. Uh, uh, I like their newsletter. newsletter. Yeah, that's what it is. 
I'd like to have one of those, Richard, for us. Uh, Story sure, Musgraves. we can create that. Yeah, that would be nice. Story Musgraves in there, and uh, Story was the first astronaut, and he's <laughs> he's been very sweet. I, I know when he was flying from here in Florida back then, when I knew him, he had a daughter, a 12-year-old. I don't know how she is now, but uh, I've known a lot of people, and uh, Louis Elizondo is on there. He was in the military, or really, I think he worked in the Pentagon, but you you may be hearing about him now. Richard Beckwith, MUFON, the official MUFON podcast, Richard Beckwith. But uh, a lot of people we can talk about that are talking about UFOs, okay? But right now, just so you know, MUFON is a nonprofit. Uh, they are based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, Airport Boulevard, Suite 101, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45226. Now, CUFOs, as far as I know, doesn't have an office anymore, uh, but we're still going to support them, and uh, they're not really having, like, membership like they use, but you can still catch CUFOs.org. And J. Allen Hynek, now this is where Project Blue Book comes in because Steven Spielberg took a liking to him, Joseph Allen Hynek's first book. Uh God, I don't even know what his first book was, uh, uh, so we'll have to all look and see. But he he was uh, known best for being the man in charge, okay, of UFOs for the Air Force. And uh, let me see if I can find out something else on him. It says uh, uh, May 1st, 1910. So he was born to Joseph and Bertha and their newborn son on the roof of their apartment building in Chicago, Illinois. How about that? So to see the brilliant trail of Halley's Comet, which is making the closest recorded approach to the Earth. So some worried that when our planet passed through the comet's tail, catastrophe would befall the Earth, but the comet's effect in young Heineck was quite the opposite. So, you know, that's interesting, isn't it, that he came during that tale? But uh, please keep in mind the UFO Association, and we are going to be a little group of whomever chooses to help us keep UAP alive because we're going to have the UFO Association and the UAP Associates. Now, uh, alienology, Richard, I uh, don't know that you've studied uh, – folks, we'll get around to all the all, – I know all your other groups. I don't know if Richard – did you by any chance get a list of any of them that you wanted to mention? Any other groups, Richard? Uh, not offhand. Um, actually, it was rather diverse, and it wasn't. Uh, it was rather scattered. So it's going to take oh. a little bit more in-depth research to bring it all together. Okay, so there you go, folks. UFO trackers. Uh, if you want to just have UFO sighting maps, there's one for that. There's Bigfoot UFO sightings. UFO tracks, uh, let's see. You're right, but let me see if I – Aliens and UFOs, Library of Columbus, my goodness. So they've got Aliens and UFOs at the Library of Columbus, Interface of UFO Tracker and Extraterrestrials, Secret Space Programs. Now, a lot of those are covered by Gaia, a new group, relatively new, but they handle a lot of UFO business, UFO aliens. And pictures. Now, we are not going to be collecting, doing, we're not going to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. We're going to go forward with a new 2021 look on what it's going to consist of with humans, people, 
and those that are interested and have similar interest in psychic UAP unidentified anomalous phenomena which will take in more than what we think of aliens colonizing the earth but because I'm not the only person creating this <laughs> in 2021 I'd like to pay attention to what Robert I mean Richard as we're going to help because it's it's got to start somewhere so we're both going to be administrators and I've got the domains up and we'll put your uh if if we know you and we feel like you can be trusted there's a lot of trust going on right now that we're building right Richard in uh, cyberspace culture because so many people can be deceived and I don't know if we should go there right now or not but because there's so much to talk about in building a whole new group as associates but we do expect a certain level of uh, trust uh, so we don't get the typical people that are just uh, really not following ufology and we're going to have a special night which is Friday. We've had this for years. And uh, but Richard, would you like to add anything about creating this? Because I'd like to make sure alienology, the study of aliens, and a lot of these people you have worked with, they study those in this solar system or in this galaxy. Whereas my intelligence, of course, has been meeting people with a name in the business as an investigator, but I haven't told the whole story yet and so uh, I have met aliens and I have been on a UFO so I'll get that down and so I will be able to talk about ufology and those that flew them and also the psychic level but Richard I don't know what we're going to call the psychic part now Dolores Cannon folks 40 years I should bring up UFOs in the Ozarks Richard are you familiar with uh, Dolores Cannon? Yes, to some extent. I've read some of her work. And oh, I mean, in, in, I regards, in regards to, you know, um, as, far as, trusting, as far as trusting people and so forth, uh, we want you to be uh, in a cliche of expertise. In other words, when you come forward and join our, join our group or whatever, we want to be able to and rely on you. And you can show to us, you know, that, hey, you've done various studies or maybe you've had incidents that you've reported or, and so on and so forth, documentation-wise, so that we know for a fact that you're just not someone of general interest. And, yes, unfortunately, the Internet, I mean, the largest media group, of course, is Facebook. And then, of course, there are other groups on top of that. And, unfortunately, there have been thousands and thousands of hackers out there, and they've even stolen people's profiles and, and re reinstituted their own pictures and all kinds of things. And Facebook is very much aware of this, um, but they, it is such a struggle to clamp down simply because the hackers have gotten a very genius device in regards to when they hack a profile, they immediately go to the friends list and then in turn hack all of those friends as well. So this has become, it's gone from a minor degree to a very large degree. And this is the only way, only reason that we would require genu genuineness and, of course, reality, reality you know, um, properly, possibly meet in person, um, simply because, yes, 
can see this uh, spinning into a group that really meets in person and actually has a headquarters and so forth in the future down the line. Of course, right now we're just in the planning stages, but uh, there's all kinds of experts out there. There's all kinds of individuals that head up teams that actually do studies. And of course, we would welcome all of you um, simply because you have been doing it for some time and you have established yourself in the community of ufology or alienology or both. Um, I, like TJ, have also been on starships as they're classified. Um, and basically, I have also, of course, been was abducted at the age of five. However, I have learned a tremendous amount in the last 60 years in regards to the identity of several races of beings. I have inter- interacted with several in- several intelligent races of beings. Uh, just to name a few would be the Pleiadians, the Andromedans, uh, the Syrians, which there are two different cultures as there are two different planets of Sirius. One, of course, of course, we've been tracking for a long time because we call it the brightest star in our heavens. Um, you also have to understand that I have had several lives in Egypt. Many of what were classified back then in Egyptian culture as gods and goddesses were, in fact, aliens. And, of course, there's a great debate and controversy as to who actually built the pyramids and all of these kind of things as to whether or not uh, they were purely um, constructed via levitation um, by alien sources with all of the mammoth stones being put in place and, of course, creating the pyramids and exactly how much, in fact, uh, human beings actually participated in those interactions and so forth. I have also uh, been in what you would call the king's chamber because, you see, the king's chamber inside the uh, main pyramid was not um, actually a burial site. It was actually a place where the heavens and the earth aligned and star um, energy came down into the chamber, transform a given individual that was receptive at the time, and when they were transformed, again, they would become immediately aware of and in contact with alien races. Um, so I've had that, those experiences, and those are all on file in my archive, fortunately. Um, I don't know exactly how many times I've been here, at least a thousand times, if not more. And uh, I have interacted in all kinds of different roles and all kinds of civilizations and cultures. And, you know, fortunately for me, most of this information is now on, ta- on tap. It's been ar- archived, you could say. So when I go through my everyday life, I have the wisdom and experience of all these past lives that I also garner from in order to make judgments and, and decisions and so on and so forth, which is a blessing for sure. Um, I am very open-minded. I am very grounded. I am very well-centered. Um, I have followed many paths of initiation. Um, and again, uh, you know, we, uh, there becomes a major, major question in magical circles and angelic circles as to exactly whether the angels or some of the angels themselves were in fact angels or if in fact they were extraterrestrials. And again, this is an area of knowledge and an area of exploration that, uh, you know, again, falls within the parameters because we have a very, very wide parameter. TJ was saying, uh, you know, or Teresa, Pastor Teresa. <laughs> yes, we have a couple of a couple of new hats that we have to get used to because we also founded the Ascension Church Ohana, which basically is there to help people to ascend or awaken to the fullness of themselves and to discover their own true nature. 
And when oftentimes people do this, they also find out that they are not earthbound or earthlings at all, that in fact their spirit came possibly from another planet, from another galaxy, from another cosmos, from another universe, all kinds of different things. And then we have individuals, you know, uh, there are, it is alleged, of course, that there are a great many alien races already running around in human form among us, that in fact, due to their technology, they were able to create human bodies or human likenesses, and underneath them, their uh, actual physical structure, their physical organs and so forth, are quite different than ours. But of course, this has taken a good deal of adaptation, and of course, you have to understand that they've probably been doing this for about 50,000 years. So that's a very long time to interact with mankind. And, of course, they are well within the norms of disguises and, you know, creating various faces and that kind of thing. Um, so, yes, you, you, you never know. You see, the reality is that we are walk, they are walking among us, and oftentimes those, those that we befriend are actually not of planetoid or Earth origin, per se. Um, and there are a great many tales of uh, the Anunnaki, um, and that was a particular race of beings that basically overlorded the, the race of mankind for quite some time. It took a great deal of struggle and a great deal of um, competition in regards to releases from their control, and there are some that say that we are still under their control. Um, but again, this would depend on where it is you are actually coming from. Now, me, personally... Um, I have just recently announced that I am a celestial being from the 16th and so, yes, I, my home environment or my home space, you could say, is very ethereal. It's very etheric in origin, and it's not so much physical manifestation. Uh, we are energy beings of a very high classified um, intelligence sector, and we are here, of course, to assist mankind. Um, my particular position is that of celestial healer. And so basically I, prior to now, I was actually healing entire universes at a given moment in a given space and time, which of course you must understand that time as is, is a relevant fact that is only used mainly here on the planet. Because when you go into outer space and you go into other dimensions, time is recognized as a cyclical or a circular place in which events are listed or events are uh, they transpire and then in turn they're archived so um we can get into that too because i've seen time shifts i have i've seen turn into 8 a.m in the morning and then suddenly go back from 8 a.m in the morning to midnight i have also of course experienced teleportation uh where one basically focuses so intensely on a particular location that all of a sudden they manifest in that location completely corporeally and their physical self is transported from where they had been to where they wanted to be. And of course, I also do remote viewing. Um, I have been certified by Stanford Research Institute as having my gifts. Um, and of course, I was on the outs outset or I guess the elliptical of becoming heavily involved with the government. Um, fortunately, uh, my advisors prevented this from occurring simply because, you know, the, the children that were taken basically into these programs uh, were never seen again or heard from by their family or friends. 
and he did not want me to go through this particular. So therefore, he prevented me from becoming um, a part of that program. But then there are also secret space programs with the military. I am very much aware that we have had uh, a a base, you could say, on Mars for a good long time. It will be interesting to see if, in fact, uh, the military is able to keep this out of the eyes of the rover. But then again, the rover is being controlled by NASA, which is a part of our arm of the, of the government to a large extent. So therefore, you know, the rover probably won't go in certain areas on Mars. Uh, but we have been building what you would call a militarized opposition force so that in the advent should a actual physical encounter occur, whereas aliens are attempting to uh, deploy themselves into the onto the Earth and basically take us into their control or whatever, we would have in turn a defensive force that would basically um, prevent this from happening. So, yes, there are lots and lots of areas of all kinds of unique knowledge and all kinds of unique experiences, and I know for a fact that TJ has at least a good five books. Uh, at least two or three on the men in black and, and Lord knows what else she's got hidden away that she's treasure troved. And we're going to be exploring that and basically eventually down the line, that's going to become in book form and part of the public record or part of part of a record that in turn, the public can enjoy as well. Um, I myself shall also be producing numerous books um, on various topics Um but again, getting back to the mainstream of thought, you know, magic and occult organizations have been around for a very long time. Uh, there's the secret side of the Masons. There's the Freemasons. There's uh, various occult circles, the, the Illuminati, which supposedly was the secret group that basically controlled our government from the inside. Whether I believe this fully or not is up to question, simply because I am a truth seeker and I have not discovered enough truth to actually validate all that has been presented to me through a, in a book form that I, I requ- acquired back in the sixth home. And it was very interesting read, and it was done in parables from the aspect being that it listed given individuals under assumed names and then for, uh, portrayed them in various uh, government agencies and government actions and so forth um, that would allow you to actually psychically see within what was being written and actually know that at least part of it was very true. So we have all kinds of subject matter, and it's all tied into one big colossal format. Um, so I guess we now have to put our heads together, TJ, and decide that if we just want to continue on under the auspices of the UAP, an identified, uh, an unidentified anom- anomaly phenomenal, phenomenon. An unidentified, unidentified anomalous anomalous phenomenon. Phenomenon. Now, see that that word a lot. That word anomalous, boy, you talk about a wide range of things. That that thing that Uh doesn't make immediate sense or reason, or anything that can be questioned as to how real it really is. That covers the gamut right there. And some people say aerial phenomena. I know that uh, when. uh, Norio Hayakawa came on my radio show. He uh, called it uh, unidentified aerial phenomena as well. And then they have unidentified aerial vehicles, UAVs. So it's come a long way with acronyms. But people, you know, we're going to use J. Allen Hynek's uh, Center for UFO Studies that he founded. 
And after uh, his uh, first book, he put in the Close Encounter uh, register for all the way up to CE5, I believe. But uh, believe it or not, I haven't read his books. <laughs> That's embarrassing. But, uh, you know, meeting the man and studying it, I had to go on with my life. And in 1984, uh, flying into Houston and then 85 into Chicago, and he was moving to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona with his wife and uh, the secretary I was supposed to meet. That never happened, and I've yet to have her on my radio show, so I need to get her while she's still alive and a start there as to uh, his – he's got a long, well-known center. Uh, it's when he moved from Evanston, and I've been there, to Scottsdale, Arizona, and I've been there. But his, his the money didn't materialize or any uh, – it was really hard for him. And so that's why right now they've got all these papers of friends that were helping and volunteers in Evanston and why uh, Jan, uh, Jan, who's been on here several times uh, having the history, we're doing like an oral book of his history usually, and I'm sure he would have come today, but I wanted to get started again after the uh, pandemic and COVID-19 lockdown with Richard so we could uh, – work together i saw that i think that's marcy trying to get on and off i keep seeing her appear or whoever's I think it's seven seven five three hundred i think it is no uh it's a it's all ones i think she keeps trying somebody keeps trying to get on with all the internet with all ones to be a part of well then that would be skype and as we know skype and and radio frequency don't match together or become in sync with each other too well it ends up there at the distance, and, and if it were Marcy, she would be directly phoning in. Well, what I had uh, planned uh, was just following up with uh, J. Allen Hynek's uh, center, but I was on the Air Force Base. I was called the Lowry Air Force Base, and I was trained. Uh, I had a lot of training in black, you know, men in black, women in black. And uh, doing things, and I uh, was told I was going to have to go for a while, the winter gear, to Ar- the Arctic, uh, south, I guess, uh, the cold, wintry land that people don't want to talk about, but some people have been sent down there. But, you know, that was almost like evil, like being sent down there. So fortunately, I got myself out of that. But I, I brought around a circle back to uh, personnel information security and uh, – Going, I became a hospital corpsman, but they found some old files of me back from in San Diego in Balboa Hospital as a, a beginning E3 corpsman that got me into E4, E5 levels faster. So uh, that's what I did was hospitalman or what they call a corpsman in uh, uniform and then the security manager for the CO and the XO. But then I worked as a GS. Because a lot of people get very confused because I did it all. I was in uniform, out of uniform, and I worked in government, uh, Sea Air Mariner Program, which was new at the time, but also I worked joint Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine. And only uh, uniform I was not issued was uh, the Coast Guard. Uh, my father was Coast Guard, but I had, did have to go over and visit. And uh, where was I? Houston, I guess. To uh, go see there, but they uh, hooked me up. It's just a matter of paperwork. I'm Corpus Christi. I'd been to Corpus Christi, but I uh, sounded really strange living in Houston. 
But they sent me all over, really. I went in and out of country and uh, Europe and Africa and Japan. It didn't even make sense. So that's why I think J. Allen Hynek, Hook Up Through Magic, was the key for me being brought back in, although I worked some U.S. Treasury, and they said I'd always be in their system. And then uh, I worked uh, Department of State, so they said I'd never get out of the U.S. Naval Intelligence, which I didn't even know I was in until I signed a bunch of contracts. So I'm not sure who I am anymore inside reality that has to do with paperwork. I do know that when I go try to find some of mine as a truck driver, they no longer keep it after 10 years because I was wanting to get back into truck driving. And I called the like U.S. Express and Covenant Transport, who I'd pulled for and worked for. They no longer had it, even though I worked satellite and trained people and all of that. Mr. Bill Ferris, I remember his name. He's the one that hired me. But those were real positions that I had And uh, publishing. I've worked in a publishing company. I can't prove that. So I learned that these men in black were very important because I never got to see them. But people around me got to see them. I had a boyfriend in Fort Hood that told me that the men in black came to see him, and that's what he called them. (laughs) Of course, I don't know how popular that was in the 90s, but he said that they told him that he he was ruining their uh, situation and to back off. So apparently they had something planned for me, and he was had a very deep uh, – uh, he was in the Air Force and had a very deep clearance, and they, he took me over to see the on Fort Hood, the helicopters and things inside the gate, things like that. But the stuff that I saw later would sometimes be at night, and it seemed like the men in black would always show up around midnight or anything out to do in the desert. So there's things that I will help recall for those that are always snooping for that type of stuff. But, you know, at the same time, is it relevant now? So this is what Richard, with an open mind, and other people that have parts are either something that makes them different. They've either had out-of-body or near-death or done esoteric work or mystery schools. I find this as a part that was not really accepted, and the nuts and bolts of ufology are uh, MUFON or QFOs. So uh, with that said, uh, back in the 2008, when I was speaking to the captain uh, out of Cincinnati, McDonald, that's running, I guess, the directorship for MUFON now, and uh, he was talking, and I, I, I called and talked to Kathy Martin, who was Barney and Betty Hill's niece, and she and I talked for a long time, and only recently we've got back in touch on, uh, she came on this show uh, once with uh, once or twice with her friend down there and uh, uh, another woman, and they were working on the psychological portion. I remember Kathy telling me that she was working with uh, the. I paid seventy five dollars for a <laughs> for a manual that she said they were reworking with the captain. At the time, but I went ahead and bought it anyway for 75 bucks. But basically, as an investigator, there was nothing in there. I think I could have wrote a much more in-depth publication for the government, but it was for MUFI, Mutual UFO Network. And Richard had been told about that as well, that manual, and uh, how to become a 
investigator, and some people that were investigators felt a little uh, put out by them training volunteers that were coming in and not using a full set of, uh, I guess, intelligence gathering that we felt, why should we buy something and then we read it and we know more than it's in there. But, you know, that's what you do with different organizations. So, you know, we're going to have our own, and, uh, you know, that was fine what they did. But what I need to tell you is that Kathy Martin, and when I talked at one time to Jan, not Jan Aldred, but Jan Harzan, that was running a mutual UFO network before Captain McDonald uh, came back into his position for the directorship. But out in California, he's been on this radio show too, Jan has. They were working a lot, and we were going to reset up a training program, which he uh, agreed to in a way. But there was a lot more extensive infighting happening in the groups and a lot of people were starting podcasting, a lot of women and a lot of women uh, in podcasting in different agencies and different radio shows. So, you know, he found it curious. He came on my show, but uh, he was going to return, and a lot of things happened. But in the meantime, I'm still a member of McPon, and I'll still pay my little dues, but Kathy Martin, Barney and Betty Hill, if you don't know, was the first – male and female up north uh, to be abducted and the story that got all this famous uh, being abducted stories. But we actually had a history before that, but that's the one that gets a lot of uh, media coverage at one time or another besides Kenneth Arnold in the beginning when he said they looked similar to flying saucers, Kenneth Arnold and uh, all of that. But uh, there's a whole history I can go through that my threads each person you talk to may have a different set of benchmarks on their timeline, be, depending on how they were educated or did their research or was attracted to certain parts of ufology. So what I would like Richard and anyone else that is willing to volunteer with this group, because there's a lot of groups out there that made huge organizations and also got funding from other people because our organizations or other groups, because they took the time to administrate, communicate, educate, and set up their groups in a proper way of functioning well, you know, and libraries have probably going to be a thing of the past, but we I would like to think that each of the small cities can keep a library, but I've seen some of them dwindle down to ebooks and and CDs, and you don't see many hard copies like you used to. But let's say online we're going to work together and know who each other is in cyberspace culture. And Kathy was working on the part where people said they had uh, encountered some type of alien abduction. So since she had written a book with Stanton Friedman and Betty and Barty Hill, I think she was a good uh, selection for helping those. And so what happened during the MUFON development since I was in it, they started – they had all these uh, events every year was they were branching off into having people come and in a separate morning meeting – I didn't ever go to an admit 
UFO events, by the way, because I was a bona fide investigator and didn't, okay, or they saw me differently. But the fact is I had my own encounters and my own experience in the government to do my job and then the men in black following what I was doing. <laughs> so my life is very complicated for a reason, but that's why I think J. Allen Hynek had found me. Either he was led to me or the extraterrestrials brought him to me. So I want to know, like everybody else, about these levels of existence that we can deal in, not only in our 3D awakened state, beta, I guess is what we're talking in, the most accurate attempt at communicating with Richard here because I need feedback. So I have to have – I've got a male – I'm in a female body, and he's in a male body, so he's my counterpart for our uh, extra, extraterrestrial, entrepreneurial, star-quality radio show, <laughs> acknowledging others as we remain on the planet, having been known out-of-body experiencers, near-death experiencers, and we have uh, reason to acknowledge as bodhisattvas or those that come back and return in a spiritual scientific way to share that extraterrestrials are real. And there's plenty of them walking around on the earth. And right now we're at a controversy between religion and science, which has always been like theology and psychology, but we're going to bring these together. And what I wrote today about the future will have us plugged in a neural plug has already been developed for those who want to be able to learn more, do more, experience more. And a lot of you know, and are keeping up in space, with Elon Musk and his neural network, right, that he's helping to learn how to plug and be more than you are. And I'm already a cyborg, as is, I'm told, Richard. Now, uh, that just means we have parts of us that that are alien to the human body. I have titanium in my neck with screws. And, uh, Richard, you do too, right? You have titanium in your neck? Yes, I have titanium screws and a hasp in my neck and even cadaver bone that was taken that was evidently sterilized in some com- compatible way or whatever and I guess was of the same the donor had been of the same blood type originally or something but anyway they used a small piece of cadaver bone in addition to all this uh, titanium yeah, hardware and now in addition to that I also have a titanium hasp and some spacers between vertebrae in my lumbar section of my back. So, yes, like you, I have two inserts of titanium pieces that normally would not be found in a regular human being. Cyborgs, yes, in a manner of speaking. Um, Cyborgs from another reality uh, in the fact being that we have psychic gifts that allow us to have, like, uh, you know, the third eye, which, of course, uh, in all kinds of mystical traditions, basically, is the ability to see things that most people other other than ourselves, do not see, and, of course, be able to look into the future, the past, the present, all at the same time, uh, to trace timelines, to see different realities in different dimensions, uh, traverse into different realities in different dimensions. Um, So, yeah, uh, that would basically classify a cyborg. Now, of course, I can't help but mention the various movies of the Men in Black that have recently come out in the last 20 years, which, of course, are somewhat comical, but at the same time, you could also say that if you look at Hollywood and all the different films that have been produced in the last 20 years, per se, they have been gearing us towards actually meeting alien life forms. 
There have been all kinds of, uh, like Starman, uh, there's been all kinds of different movies that have come out introducing that alien life, you know, landed here on Earth and then in turn interact, in, excuse me, interacted with the purpose of a specific design or specific goal in mind and this kind of thing. And, and then in turn, you know, all these different uh, subcultures that have sprung up that are very, very inquisitive as to the reality, as to exactly how much is actually human and how much is actually alien. And, I mean, there's all kinds of clone stories. There's all kinds of, uh, you know, I mean, we've, we've gotten to the scientific point that we can create babies in a test tube. So, I mean, you know, um, that said, uh, and, yes, there has been a interesting interplay between science and religion simply because science, for the most part, has actually been verifying what religion has taught as tenets of belief for a very long time. And, of course, you get into quantum physics, and this is the field where basically you create a zero point where there is no um, static energy whatsoever, and actually it is a field of endless possibility simply because uh, one can actually focus their intent, put emotional feeling behind it, and project it into this field, and it actually physically manifests into reality. Now, of course, we'll be getting more into that as a different topic um, in one of our other uh, spiritual presentations, possibly on Sunday or what have you, because that's also a a portion of the awakening process. But the ufology and alienology topics are so diverse and so in-depth because we have been monitoring, we've been documenting, we've been photographing, we've been videotaping, all of these encounters for a very, very long time. And so you cannot really say that it's invalid. It's just that it is probably a topic that a lot of the common people don't think of, or they just, you know, cast it off as being, uh, you know, some lunatic thought or what have you. But again, you know, falling back to the fact, I have read uh, J. Allen Hynek's works. I read them back in the 70s. Um, I deeply respect the man and all that he is, uh, stands for in all of his research. Um, he is very uh, meticulous, to say the least, in regards to recording things and making documentation of things and also observations and in regards to research that was in, you know, undertaken in regards to studies of the brain. Um, that, too, you see, has come forward in science. And, again, it is establishing the fact that, yes, psi abilities and psi senses are real and they do happen. Because why? They can be tracked various brain waves, uh, these psi abilities, and how they can be measured and so on and so forth. So we've come a very long way, and yet at the same time, we are actually getting to the point that we are actually validating and creating um, a sense that this information that has been passed along through various traditions, whether it be religious or contemplative or meditative or any of the Eastern philosophies and, of course, the Western philosophies um, and all of the various mystical systems, including the Jewish one, which is Kabbalah, um, which teaches uh, about the the actual creation of a Merkabah, which the Merkabah basically is a transcendental um, craft, you could say, that is etherically created so that in turn your spirit may leave your body and go into the Merkabah and travel various dimensions or various places or time travel or whatever it is you wish to do. 
And again, like I said, this is all being substantiated now through science because uh, neurology, neurology and nervous system networks and all of this various studies. And of course, um, there are thousands now that have produced all kinds of what you'd call mind hacks, starting with the Russians um, quite a while back. And then, of course, coming stateside with all kinds of uh, different scientists and different doctors and so forth, that in turn, you can listen to this uh, Selfogio to, uh, I always get that word mixed up or whatever, Selfogio or Selfogio tunes that are harmonics, which uh, create a specific frequency hertz-wise, and these will also put you into an altered state of, of recognition or attunement or what have you. I even came across what you would call the God frequency on Facebook, okay? It was on someone's webpage, and it is a 928 hertz revolution um, sound wave, and yes, it completely puts you in an entirely altered state of reference. And to think that sounds in and of themselves, uh, I mean, we've always connected with music because naturally, you know, being brought up in the 60s, because naturally I was born in 55, and then I got reborn again in 69, um, and all this kind of thing, because I actually was physically dead for 33 minutes, and I went out of my body and saw the whole surgery transpiring underneath me, and all of this kind of thing, and I can get into that later um, on a more spiritual topic, but uh, I've had thousands of astral projections or out-of-body experiences. I have had shamanic journeys where I've actually remote viewed and actually was physically in, an, in the Hawaii undertaking various phases of training and initiation there. Um, my partner here and my colleague and uh, very, very well-spoken and very, very uh, finitely um, accumulated life path that she's had and life journey. I mean, I can meet her on certain levels and then on certain levels we part company and we go in different, different spans. Uh, like her, I have also been an investigator for over 45 years in 26 states. I have had federal clearance, state clearance, county clearance things. I've also been trained in forens forensic discovery or forensic uh, intake in regards to murder scenes. Uh, I have also done consultory work with the FBI. Um, uh, you know, just that, a consultant, okay? Not under their employer or anything else, just giving them information that they would find useful in order to track down uh, scammers and, and other various individuals of that nature, basically very bad and evil people. And, uh, you know, I was with the military. I served in the JAG Corps for four years. Um, and I, have, I am also an Eastern Orthodox ordained bishop. We are both ordained clergy through Universal Life Church. So you see, we in ourselves are also encompassing all of these various fields of endeavor, inquiry, and knowledge, and of course, fortunately, we are both truth seekers. So, you know, we're, we're constantly um, inquisitive, constantly curious, and of course, our curiosity leads us to a large concept of all kinds of various uh, areas of inquiry and so forth. And fortunately, TJ or Teresa uh, has explored all of this, and in the last 12 years or more, or maybe 20 years for all I know, uh, she has been out in cyberspace and she has created a humongous organization that in turn has branches all over the world. And again, it varies depending on what the specific topic is. 
I mean, she has a ufology network. She has a network of spiritualists. She has a network of individuals that are interested in the paranormal. She has individuals that are interested in spirituality in and of itself. She also has a network of uh, a psychic network that she herself created back in the day when those were basically unheard of. So Teresa has been on the cutting edge in a lot of different areas. And it's just, I mean, I find her fascinating because at times she can be overwhelming simply because her mind races and switches topics and switches personalities and so forth. It becomes a little hard to follow. But fortunately, I'm very um, open-minded and um, I'm able to track very easily because of my investigative skills and also the way that, that my brain has been organized. And I, I've constantly been using both sides for a very long time. We do relate, but like in any other human situation, you know, we have to adapt and adjust and get used to each other. And I am sure that we will be a great help and assistance to each other in creating all that we endeavor. And uh, I'm just odd in some ways. Back to you, Teresa. Well, there's a cynical view, and, uh, you know, I didn't grow up on fiction. I wasn't allowed because my teachers trained me not to read for whatever reason. Back when uh, I worked in the libraries, but they wanted me to read nonfiction, and I believed that that's what all I should, so I was very logical. Growing up, even though I'd seen a UFO and angels in the second grade when I died, but I kept that under my hat, although I did tell parents, and that, you know, I, you just kept it to yourself. But there's uh, my story is so intertwined with what I had to do as a child that had been visited by ETs, which I thought angels. But now, you know, we have these little green men that Chinese or Russians know they aren't, but that's the story we give to people to keep them amused, just like the men in black don't have certain things. And yet I find them uh, in my life, but I don't talk about those either. So there's been a lot of things in UFO reports, and they haven't really done a lot of alienology or the study of aliens uh, that fly those things. But I believe in 2021, we are going to be separating uh, the nonsense uh, in the science fiction from what is real. Although we've got to remember we're moving into AI cyberspace culture where it's very easy to mistake in yourself or another or error in optical illusions because in the future and our self-acceptance of reality in cyberspace is the fact that we everything about us can now be duplicated. So we're going to have a various uh, – let me see. How can I say this? We're going to have to be very discerning. You know, of what is real and what isn't. And that's why I'm looking for people that can have an open mind, but at the same time, you know, we have to recognize what's been built and honor the uh, many people that were in the military that weren't allowed. And I've worked with a lot of veterans, and a lot of people in the government asked me not to forget our veterans and let them tell because they, before they pass on, to, you know, they need to tell their stories. So, uh, you know, I heard different people's stories, and like I said, I met Jayana Hynek, and I spoke with Stanton Friedman and George Filer, who uh, Stanton has passed, but George Filer is still out there, and uh, I met Jesse Marcel. I did his back in the early 70s, I believe, because 
Stanton and I remember us talking about that, and then I've had Calvin Parker, Pascagoula, which is the one that uh, NBC, I think, sent down uh, Jalen Hynek to interview, uh, which I didn't know all this till I got older and got out of the investigating business and out of the government and retired that I started when my daughter was sick with cancer. I started putting together all these sensational stories because my husband, uh, while he was uh, sick, I had uh, helped him write some of his books. So I started with my mother and her books and his books. So I became a publisher and went with Lightning Source, as did Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Now we went with uh, Amazon. So I wear many hats now, and it's been out of the need to help others. So I've been, I feel like, in a service to others. And, uh, you know, I wished I would have stayed on the path, but I think the government had me on the path they wanted me on. And the U.S. Air Force, I went in and out. I met colonels, and it always seemed like the Air Force and the Army and the Navy were working together. And, uh, you know, there's uh, the CIA is involved in some of these stories with Project Blue Book and other things. And so it's a very in-depth ocean, this psychic, alienology, ufology. And seriously, folks, there's no nonsense when it comes to our psyche and how we're being programmed to accept ourselves either in uh, what they call uh, virtual reality, like uh, many people, including movies about the Matrix, that many people believe we are uh, an illusion, that the carbon-based units are being formed by the higher entities that are artificial intelligence, like some of the movies. So we're going to have to be very discerning and start assisting each other, knowing what is the alien hybridization program, as some people talk about, as an ET alien agenda that's been going on forever by those above. Now, some of them know about the Gregory or those that were in Keys of Enoch, and uh, the various levels of heaven and angels, which some people believe were always stories that compared to the Anunnaki and all the deluge stories and all our world religions. So this is something we're looking at with people that now call themselves Cyperians or they're philosophical with logic and reason and being whole-brained thinkers. So this is going to be very interesting because – all of this, the U.S. Navy tracking UFOs, the U.S. Air Force, and, I, and of course, Central Intelligence Agency and NASA, and uh, we have National Security Agency. I think we have 16 all in the intelligence community, and the, uh, we have crypto and uh, cyberspace, cybersecurity now, and cyberspace culture. So it's not going to be easy to separate but it is about splintering the internet now so uh, we have a lot of social media that we're all aware of with Twitter and Facebook and FaceTime and uh, well we said Twitter uh, Pinterest I use that Tumblr Reddit so many out there and Instagram the kids use them yeah don't really use Facebook as much as the baby boomers do but uh we really have more topics than religion and government. And these topics of uh, UAP, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, 
we'll include our paranormal days on Saturdays when there's different groups that do Bigfoot or they do uh, ghosts or they do uh, different things that are of the spirit, not necessarily manifest in the 3D material form. But I follow Maslow's theory on how we can help each other and who we are and what humanity is here to do. But at the same time, I want to be able to accomplish uh, helping uh, J. Allen Hynek's group that reportedly spent much time collecting information. Now, QFOs lived, let's see, it says the International UFO Reporter and a peer-reviewed scientific journal, the Journal of UFO Studies. So the CUFO's pioneering national reporting. We just want to make sure that everybody understands MUFON and CUFO's. And there's another fund that Jan talks about uh, that helps fund those. And then there was, for a while, we had a gentleman, multimillionaire involved. Uh, he put things in space. So... Did we get knocked off? Interesting. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, good, because uh, interesting. I don't see that. Now, separating what we can see and not see, folks, there's going to be fiction and nonfiction, right? There's going to be tangible and intangible. There's going to be material and immaterial. And there's always, it seems to be, a dual society for those highbrows, but uh, we know that a lot of people want to deal with the secret space programs, and there's various people, young kids that are the people talking about what happened in Atlantis or uh, Mu or Lemuria, and we all have our own inside imaginations, and those are developed just like our fight or flight freeze, you know, because. Uh, to keep us alive, but at one time we were more about food, clothing, shelter, peace, and rest, and we still are actually <laughs> to transform ourselves into what we need to be in the future. But uh, talking about grays, and uh, Richard mentioned several uh, in galaxy, and then out of galaxy was Andromeda, and I have an Andromeda galaxy relation uh, as well. So uh, my universal levels of, of thought processing has been outside Milky Way and Andromeda Galaxy, but I'm willing to talk with all those that want to form an alliance. And there is a man that wrote something about the alliances and his, how he sees it. He sees it from more of a spiritual realm. But, uh, you know, we can't neglect the fact that there's so many of us are – syndicating uh, synergistically who we are. We're melding, and we need to be needed, and we need to be known, and we have all this self-actualization going on at the same time that we are cohesive, uh, like Richard and I. We've never met, but yet, uh, just like some in my past, uh, extraterrestrials will put something or someone in respect to my reality, and it becomes a part of it. And so uh, I do psychic work, just so you know. And Richard and I read, uh, do readings, many readings on radio, and we have uh, a huge following of people because we help them in a small way because 
you know, I've been blessed to have enough. We're abundant. And we're asking those of you that feel like you have enough or you have uh, been self-actualized uh, in regards to your evolution that you know you've got food, clothing, shelter, and you have some time to give to Source or your monad or your God or your uh, group. Uh, we're not creating a, a cult group or unknown. We're going to be sharing the mysteries that we've identified. But anomalous phenomena is the key because that can include all paranormal groups, uh, ghosts, <laughs> even cryptozoologists, I would imagine. But we usually think of unidentified aerial phenomena or vehicles. So that's probably the part with MUFON, KUFOs, and all those groups out there. I have a lot of them that are uh, state directors that have been asked. They've been wanting to come on for years. So I'll probably give them a chance to come on and explain what got them involved and see if we can create what it is that we're going into. Now, Richard, you like to talk about interdimensions. And, of course, in Keys of Enoch, it only talks about 10 plus 2 or 12 in the uh, groups of angels, uh, I think, the, the different heavens. But uh, all ancient scriptures, folks, you, whether you believe in them or not, you know, that is written, manifested already, and whether it's taken into your religious beliefs or belief of any kind or just as folklore, they're out there. So uh, just like there's going to be a lot of stories of the aliens and extraterrestrials and UFOs and journals and all of that, but it's up to you to discern what is real for you and what you what we call uh, generates uh, – Interest, it uh, resonates with your inside self, but being self-actualized also means you understand your inner emotions. You're able to be a, a your parent, adult, child. You understand all the ramifications of psychology. And uh, I've heard people lately saying they haven't been they've been meeting people that have never understood themselves or even had anything in psychology. But I believe in being strongly. Uh, educated with humans and social psychology with this because while we're probing and researching each other you know it's good to know each other but have feelings to know when it's time to delve digger, deeper and when it's time to back off so we're going to use all our senses now Richard uh, with the uh, I know with MUFON and KUFAS, they'll all won't just get the facts with the vehicles. They always want to know if you hear of any crashed vehicles, right? Let me see who this is, 631. Hi, 631. Did oh, good. I'm glad that you have my phone. I've got my call. I'm sorry. Are you uh -huh. doing readings today? No, we're not. Uh, we did them yesterday. And oh, all right. Thank you. Sorry. Uh-huh. That's Okay. A lot of people just want readings. That's what they want. And Richard, I apologize for that, but I thought maybe they'd be interested in the UFO biz. But, folks, that's what we're going to find out. Now, let me tell you, the psychic business, helping people, helping people, okay, with their reality is very uh, well needed, I guess one might say. And if you're doing it helping people, with your intuition, your sixth sense, we all have it. It's just some call on the universe to make that present. Now, a lot of the people I'm working with that are engineers, scientists, 
they don't want anything to do with the phenomenologist or those people that have studied science fiction or done anything with the imagination or talked with abductees. And so this I find very curious, and that's what Dolores Cannon, uh, going back to her in the Ozarks, in F- Bill Ferris, I believe was his name. We have some pioneers in the UFO events, but it's Ozark, Ozark UFO Conference. Let me see if they still are around because I haven't talked to them recently. Dolores Cannon was the one that was Bill Ferris. And she was on the Air Force uh, base and was asked to help someone recall uh, information. And it got to be where they were, some of the past lives were coming out as she uh, was able to hypnotize people. So Dolores Cannon on Aliens, Pyramids, and the Ancient World, et cetera, et cetera. You can look up Ozark UFO Conference. Now, they have a 2021 20, conference. Let me see if it says schedule, if they're going to meet in 2021. Let's see, 33rd, that's the one closest down south, is uh, April 10th, welcome. And uh, my goodness, Saturday, it looks like it's just, is it just one day? 33rd virtual. Okay, it's a UFO virtual conference, Richard. So this is something you and I may want to do when we're, They've got Grant Cameron, George Nury, Michael Horn, and these are Stan. Uh, George is a keynote speaker, but he's a most people know he took like Art Bell's place on Coast to Coast. Michael Horn followed the uh, oh, Billy Meyer case, as I remember him. Grant Cameron, uh, I remember him coming on our show here. Then they've got Mary Rodwell, who follows the yes. Uh, remote viewing and uh, doing like Doris Cannon, taking people back in, in uh, uh, past life regression. And let's see, Whitmer Schreiber is a keynote speaker on Saturday, 5 to 6.30. I see Terry Lovelace. Uh, but other than that, I don't know who that Princess Janae is. I must be somebody new on the – but most of y'all will know Michael Horn, George Nury, uh, Grant Cameron, uh, those names are normal, and uh, our business of Whitley Streber, uh, Mary Rodwell for the psychic part. So that has been since Dolores started many, many, many years ago. This is a 33rd conference. So uh, Dolores started hypnotizing people and having people go back, and that's how she wrote about the different groups that came in, the three phases or waves. The indigos, uh, blue indigo children and all those things is what we've done with uh, separate. And I wrote about those historically in my books years and years and years ago. So there is a lot. And my name hasn't been out there for reasons that it's hard to explain, except a lot of readers were doing the job, so we didn't have time to go get in entertainment and educate people about what we were doing, but there really is that deep level, and uh, they're still out there, I'm sure. Just because I got old and got out of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just it doesn't exist in my world anymore because I'm not actively involved. But now that can apply to anything, right, Richard? (laughs) Anything if you're not involved. For sure. 
for sure. I mean, you know, you lose interest, not that you weren't interested or don't continue to be interested. It's just as something else takes your interest even greater than that, which you'd already been studying. So, you know, you just, I guess in a manner of speaking, you could say you lose track because you, you jump tracks to study something else or to explore something else and make inquiries and delve into something more deeper. And then of course, anything that would have been on the slate or the plate previously uh, is still on the plate. It's just that you're no longer eating off that plate. You've now delved into another plate and you're, you know, savoring everything, all the information and all the uh, hindsights and, and everything else that are involved with that. Also, uh, at some future point, we're going to be uh, interviewing Leon Wilkerson, who is setting up the uh, Southeast Paranormal Society, and he is currently on the cutting edge in, in regards to um, uh, UFOs and, and that kind of thing, as well as the paranormal venue as well. Um, and he will be able to come on and give us some insight. And again, like I said, that's at some future point, because right now, of course, TJ and I are becoming more and more amalgamated, uh, more and more in sync with each other, more and more uh, transparent from the aspect of being getting to know each other authentically and that kind of thing. So anyway, as we do this, I mean, we've only been doing radio now, TJ and I, for about three weeks, roughly speaking. And uh, it's progressed, of course. It started out maybe a couple nights a week, and now it's progressed to five nights. And now it's progressed to six. And, of course, I did forewarn TJ that this could easily spin off into a seven-day-a-week thingamabob. And that's exactly what it's, it has the potential to become because, um, and I mean, you know, but at the same time, you have to understand this, there's a tremendous amount of work, and I'm sure TJ can instruct you and give you all the various details involved in setting up web pages and websites and, and uh, you know, putting out your brand name and, and all this kind of different thing and mar- marketing and advertising in reference to, you know, having a presence on the internet so that in turn people can go, you know, go through the sorting of, of various radio shows and so forth and our names out there and, and, you know, here's what we're doing and all this kind of thing. And then there's that, yep. that's weird clicking again. I don't know what that's about. It's strange. It is. Um, all yeah, right, Uncle I, Sam, if you're out there, you're welcome to tape anything that we have because we're both very transparent, okay? And, uh, you know, you, we are what you get, or you see what you see is what you get. That's all I can say on that. Well, <laughs> I believe that it's very beneficial to the government because this is a huge industry. And, you know, let's face it, folks, they like anything to keep us, you know, amused while they're doing whatever they're doing, uh behind the screen and I know that exists just like for all our governments in all countries and you know government's always been there since Rome and it's not going to go away we like regulate ourselves and there's always going to be those in power that want to regulate those without power and that information and the knowing with what we're doing will increase individual self-actualization and their power as well as knowing there is a higher source because one thing I've learned is that without my soul and spirit coming and going and I did not believe in a lot of things as a child I grew and then I worked for the government and it was very logical very 
just get the facts, ma'am, you know, who, what, when, where, why, how, how many, how much type things. Journalism, you know, getting the story and uh, making sure the facts were right. And that's what I was known for. And millions, I affected millions, millions on cases. And then when I drove a truck coast to coast for eight years, I was entrusted with millions in money. I drove for the U.S. Treasury. I pulled for Microsoft Corporation, Johnson & Johnson. And I, I got to see how our world works with trucking industry and railroads and planes. And when we were going to go global 30 years ago, we were already global because we talked about having UPS and uh, gosh, FedEx going to all these other countries. And then we were creating products all over the world and import and export. And so I learned a lot about our reality and why we had leaders and how they got to be and how they want to stay, keep control of their empires and their land. So the next part is the part they're not accustomed to having in these UFO groups is our AI and artificial intelligence. And again, I go back to Gus, our Galaxy Universal Shuttle, a 30 by 30, Clifford Stone. I've never talked to him personally. I bet he wouldn't know me if uh, somebody told him my name. I can know a lot of things because I was an investigator, but they don't know me. So they don't know who the women in black were, the men in black. Richard was a man in black. I was a woman in black. So we were the ones that we weren't evil. We were collecting a paycheck thinking we were hired for security are to find out information on someone or something. Now, some of these happen to be in other countries. Some of them were judicial. We worked for the Judge Advocate Generals. Uh, we both worked for the JAG Corps, uh, meaning we worked for legal, basically the attorneys. And the attorneys were their plaintiff or defense. And then inside the government, there was always internal operations and people that were being investigated that didn't know they were being investigated. And a lot of mine uh, were all the way down to maybe expensive hammers or something silly, which we used to laugh about. But there's uh, people like me that have been inside the government, and if you'd like to come forth and you have something that really wasn't classified, but you saw something or you thought something about Hangar 18, for instance, how many of us talked about that? And, of course, that was brought up to me being an investigator and working in the uh, intelligence community. Now, what was funny is intelligence community, I'd go sit down with Secret Service agents or Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI agents, National Security agents, NSA, go to lunch with them, and they're always snooping. <laughs> but they never did get to figure me out. And the NIS, when I reported into Weiss, said I was really good at what I did. <laughs> So uh, keeping secrets, women can keep secrets, believe it or not. But now helping disclose with exopolitics things that people that weren't in the government or did, weren't exposed to how it all worked or the levels of uh, classified information. But you can go and see now how much has been uh, released uh, for you. Freedom of Information Act, but also just FBI, CIA, and all of those just go to their websites and put in things like UFO, Flying Saucer, uh, different names if you want, Kenneth Arnold or Project Stargate. Uh, the reason that we're going with uh, keeping the intelligence of the psychic part is it is a part of the world. 
we do know our brains can do a lot more, and we are still in the process of learning the intuition and the imagination because even those that I worked with off-planet, that's what they were most interested in. Why did my husband pick certain cards playing a game, right? Why did he get out on a Volkswagen and he didn't know how to turn the lights on, get in and out of the Volkswagen, but he didn't know how to turn the lights on. That was back in the day when everything was on the dash. So there's certain things that happened to him I know about, and then there's certain things that happened to me with the men in black. And then he and I compared our stories together, which made us repel each other, much like Richard and I did. We repelled each other at first. So, you know, you may be coming close and rejecting the thing that you need to hear the most. You may be repelling. And I'm not sure what that's called, Richard, but apparently it's part of psychology that we need to look at. Because where are all the investigators that never came to me when I was uh, looking and talking about Jesse Marcel with Stan Friedman? You know, where are the people that Jay Allen Hynek asked me to help? Where are all these people? So I just happened to get Dr. Bruce McAbee steered me to Jan Aldridge because Dr. Bruce, uh, not Bruce McAbee, Bruce, uh, great. I'm getting all my Dr. Bruce's, Bruce McAbee. Yeah, yeah, that's it, Dr. Ph.D., Bruce, Dr. Bruce McAbee. That is him. So he, uh, he has since gotten up there in age, and Jan is still with MUFON as far as I know. But people over this last political bow, extreme right and extreme left, we're going to work on the balance, folks, because, uh, you know, it's not – It's we need – it can't all be – you know, everything woo-woo are coming up unicorns in one reality and the other uniform all hell and damnation. But supposedly that's what we've built with all these beings that have been coming and going. Uh, as Richard mentioned earlier, they're Anunnaki. That's one of the famous stories of the on from another place in space. And, of course, we had those from India that had the wars, and then we had Sodom and Gomorrah. So there's all these stories out there, and they all go with the Demiurge and the the big flood, at least, what, seven to ten of them are all around the world in the world religions. So this is going to be about exploration, research, helping yourself be more self-actualized, finding out what you want to do with your life now. And uh, hopefully Richard and I can get you plugged in uh, to the global narrative if you want to be, if you don't then, you know, that's okay, too. Richard, as far as uh, the time and space, you know, the UFO Secret Space Society, I've got that for Facebook. We're going to have those people, uh, I guess, write out their testimony and sign it like an affidavit is something we can start doing. If you know anybody, and or you can go on Facebook, folks, if you have time, and start collecting those testimonies and affidavits. Get them to sign it and send it to you. Or you can send it to me right here at TJ Morris Agency. I'll be taking them, and we'll be back in touch with you. But that's just to get started in mail. But most people do email. So I've got new messages all the time. You can send it to TJ Morris Agency. I prefer the word agency at gmail.com. Richard, you want to tell people how to contact you if they want to get involved with you and me over psychics or UAP groups? Well, sure. I have, 
I have two different emails. One of them is spirituality and tranquility. So three words all spelled out at gmail.com. Or if you want a shortcut, it's just my name, my initials, rtknight35 at gmail.com. And I am also a presence on Facebook. Um, my profile says Richard Knight, and it has a picture of Archangel Michael holding a sword in front of him. And then, of course, I'm also presence on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, I do Zoom conferences. I do Skype conferences. I do uh, one-on-one counseling sessions. I do one-on-one card readings. I do one-on-one psychic impressions. All of these kind of things. And like TJ, I have always been helping other people all of my life. And whether it be in, a just, in the justice system, whether it be in the military system, whether it be from all kinds of different aspects, um, of course, my investigative experience is civil, criminal, and paranormal. And uh, I was a sole proprietor, and I still am a sole proprietor to that degree. Um, but yes, I would love to be in contact with anyone that is sincere that would like to go forward with some idea or project you might have. And by all means, uh, join our ACO club, and you can do that at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and become a member of the ACO and uh, support what we're doing. And there in turn, you know, there are benefits from becoming a member as well. And those are going to expand over time because, as you must realize, TJ and I have only been in contact for about three months, and we've only been doing radio for about three weeks. So, you know, this is a relationship that is coalescing, okay, and it expands, and of course, it becomes uh, like an amoeba. It just grows in size, bigger and bigger and bigger as each and every day passes, you could say, because TJ uh, has been involved on the social media network in cyberspace in so many different aspects and so many different ideas and so many different thought forms and so many different interests that now we must bring it all together and it is already all together, only it hasn't been pulled together formally uh, as, a, as in grand meetings and, the, at the, and that kind of thing in the recent past. So that's another thing that we are in the process of organizing, administrating, and all that kind of good stuff. So anyway, uh, you're welcome to contact me. Reach out to me if you see me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm available. I'm semi-retired. I don't think, I don't think I'll ever retire in total. I just don't think I just don't see that it's ever happening. Well, well, we're you, out of time. Thank you. We're out of time. And folks, uh there's a lot for us to discuss this year and uh you can see they're having those virtual uh get togethers like Ozarks in April tenth. So please look at that. Uh Dolores Cannon has passed over in twenty fourteen, so uh I wished uh, I mean I did meet her and was taken there for a reason, and that is going to be part of uh, my story as we go forward in sharing who we are and all the pieces of the puzzle that a lot of people may not have yet, and uh, we are going to find those that have the pieces that can plug into ours, and it should make for a pretty good group of people. And a lot of us will be using our psychic abilities for a reason. But you can look at Project Stargate and you can look at remote viewing and look at those that people have had uh, regressions and all of that. So we'll be back, uh, let's say, Sunday. and We do a spiritual meeting uh, for those. 
that uh, is just different than this. This is going to be more in the future about our books, UFOs, people, and uh, everything that goes psychic UAP groups. Well, thank you, Richard. I think we've got ourselves established for today's uh, group meeting for those listening to us as directors. And uh, I'll try to make this uh, work for everybody uh, that doesn't understand (laughs) exactly what we're doing. But look up alienology, the study of aliens. Look up ufology and the study of UFOs. And then UAP for psychics and unidentified anomalous phenomena. And we're going to get on with the Men in Black stories, too, because those will be fun. Thank you, Richard, for another good uh, radio show and how we can educate ourselves and each other and other people and where we're going to grow forward. And, folks, we hope you get in touch with us and let us know what you're about and who you're about. And we'll be looking and putting out with Richard T. Knight. Richard, is your LinkedIn Richard T. Knight? I think it's just Richard Knight. I don't believe I used the T. I'll have to look and see, but I don't think the T's in there. Okay, because there's so many Richard Knights. I tried to find you on Facebook. I was up on one of my 20 or so that I have, Teresa J. Morris or T.J. Morris or T.J. Thurman Morris. <laughs> Probably be easier for me to find you. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I've just recently found out, you know, that there's a Richard Knight in the U.K. now that I've reached out and have yet to establish contact with, but that's okay. Yeah, I saw him on Facebook, and I couldn't find your photo so uh, at all. But uh, folks, we'll just keep trying to find each other. It'll, hopefully, once we get together and know, it won't be so hard to find you by name only. And they're going to facial recognition for a reason. True. So we will be talking about futurists. If you want to join, we will have a group of futurists and those with psychic abilities because – A lot of people want to know where we're going in the future, and we do have a lot of people that have been out of body, near-death experiences, and life after life, and some of us are even called time travelers, and some of us know how to go in and out of dimensions and portals, and these haven't been taught in the past, but we're doing our best to be more open to those that want to learn things, and so uh, you take care come back and see us and uh, I think we're going to skip Saturday because Saturdays for some people uh, normally we'll have a paranormal group that's meeting or wants to come on and have a meeting uh, online radio so they'll have a copy of uh, the minutes of the meeting but this gives us a benchmark now Richard and now we can start doing a little more on Fridays and uh, not just people of one you know whether they've had experience or uh, whether they're keeping it or psychic or anomalous phenomena, but uh, I, I appreciate you, Richard. So it's Sunday then, right? Four to six. Sounds good. All right, love and light, dear. Thank you so love much for being a part of today's show. Thank you, everybody.